What's up, everybody? Dante here. Now, welcome back to the Finest Tech Podcast. I am your host, of course. Now, today's episode, I will be talking about Jupiter Legacy. I almost said Jupiter Ascending, you know, but this is a, a comic book property by Mike Millar. And I've never read this comic, so I don't really know much about what's going on. I don't know, like... I, I, I like going into some situations when it comes to watching new shows, kind of like raw dog in it and just going in there not knowing anything about the property and giving my own personal opinion without having the source material to go by. And like if I something goes from deviates from the source material and I kind of don't like what I see, you know, what I mean, it makes me feel some type of way about watching it. So this I kind of like this. I went in there unknowing about the source material, what to expect. So I kind of just genuinely give you my genuine thoughts of the show and what Netflix and Mike Millar's company did with this property. And first, let me say some other things I just want to kind of get out the way. Um, first and foremost, I want to say, when I found out the show was canceled, I made it a little disappointing because of the cliffhanger at the end of the show. So that was a little disappointing when it came to that. Secondly, I didn't know this show cost $200 million to make because in some areas and some points of this show, the special effects look kind of cheesy. I don't know if that was the look they were going for, but just for me, it looked kind of cheesy in some points. But, hey, like I, like I said, I don't know if that was the look they were going for in certain aspects of the special effects. But, yeah, in some cases, it looked it phony. And, like, some of the uh, wigs you knew were like terrible wigs but i don't know like <laughs> was that the look they were going for i don't know but like some of the things that i've really liked about the show was that like i said i like the ending of the show like the little cliffhanger how uh i forgot the guy's name uh the brother he his daughter and they set up everything and they killed off the person and then they kind of like lead into the next well supposedly we're going to lead into the next season of the show now they're going to be coming out with a different show it's like a same it's in the same universe of the show so let's wait and see how that goes but when it first starts off I like Josh Duhamel. I'm a big fan of his I liked him in the Transformer movies so to see him kind of play like the lead role in a comic book property I was like alright look cool then like as like the show goes on you see him kind of get the gray hair and like the beard and the stuff like that I'm like I'm like alright cool they age really really slow so they get more time when it comes to once they got the superpower because one of the things I thought was interesting he went to this special island that, that was got him there but he just didn't know how to get there because of the uh, strong currents of the storm they were going but once they got there they all got their powers and they kind of like lined it up like their power rangers and kind of all came down with superpowers some have different powers but one of the things that kind of annoy me with the show is like they're superheroes but they look like they just regular dudes in costume that just get the snot beat out of them all the time like <laughs> like it seems like they be having a hard time a lot of the times and i get you want to have some more realism when it comes to like not all superheroes have invulnerability they may have flight, super strength, but they don't have invulnerability because, like, they be getting a snot beat out them. They look like they just got into, a, like, a 12-round fight. So in the beginning of the show, you see Jostin Mel's character, Utopia's son, getting trashed by this girl. And she's kind of, like, her suit reminds me of the Iron Man 
kind of suit, but she got just has the helmet part. And it looked cool when she came on, but the son was getting the snot beat out of him. He felt he was telling, and it's basically like a family drama with superhero powers and superhero kids. Because he was telling his son, like, you're wasting too much time dealing with her. You got to be able to take her down quick without causing so much damage, any harm to people. And the son goes through that, you know, that period of let me do the best to impress my father. I don't want to disappoint him. So you kind of seen that phase play out through the show. And then you have the rebellion daughter. She wants to be, you know, she everything her father wants her to do, she wants to be the rebellion one. She wants to be the hard-headed one, do everything the opposite way. She doesn't want to be a hero. She kind of wants to be out here doing her and just do everything that makes her happy and disappoint her father and things like that. So it's just one of those type <laughs> dynamics that we've seen plenty of times. Um, then it was this big battle. Like, all of them were fighting this guy. Um, he kind of remind what he looks like, he reminds me of, like, a brainiac. That ain't, but he wasn't green. He kind of reminded me of a brainiac, right? And he's, like, going through them. Like, he's killed a couple of the heroes, like, trashing them. And come to find out further down the show, you find out he's a big part of what's going to happen later on. And you find out more about him. And it was just like, are they supposed to be like this weak? I I get the whole dynamic of you got to lower the power aspect of your hero to kind of get him some weak points. So you just don't think they're so overpowered they can just destroy everything with, uh, you know, a couple punches and that's it. Because Marvel did this with their heroes. Because one of the issues that I have with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that Thor and Hulk, in some aspects, that Thor, in the comics, he's one of the top five strongest heroes in the comics. But in the movies, they would dumb him down so much to kind of make him have weak points. So he just don't overpower the villains so much and just make it look so easy. So I kind of get it. You got to give them that vulnerability sometimes to make them have, you know, points in the story where they just don't seem so overpowered and you just can't, like, who can really stop them? So that's why when Marvel got to Thanos, you kind of see how much of a badass he was because of how Thanos was just basically unstoppable. And no matter what the heroes did, they wasn't going to stop him from doing what he was going to do. So I get that. So that's what kind of this show has. But in some aspects of the show, it's like, it's like the heroes are weaker, like really, really weak compared to some of these villains that was in the show. And I'm sitting here like, I get dumbing down your heroes to kind of give them a little weak points, but they was getting trashed. And that's so sad because I'm sitting here like really enjoying the show for what it is. And one of the gripes that a lot of people had was the wigs. And sometimes when you look at the show, I'm looking at it and I'm like, the the wig don't look too bad here. But in some aspects of it, it looks terrible. Like, I don't know if he didn't want to sit in the uh, makeup chair for too long and I don't know how long the process was to put the wig on. And I look, I don't know. Sometimes it looks good. Sometimes it looks terrible. But the show was set in like 1930 something. 
So he has this vision of where to go, but he don't know what he's getting himself into. He, so he gets this ship of a crew with this girl that <laughs> this reporter that kind of, you know, backstabs him, but he falls in love with her. He had his brother, has a good friend, and they all went to this place and they all got their powers from this island. And you kind of see the flashbacks between um, modern day and in the past where they originally came from. Now, in that time, it was like 1930, like I said, and once they got their power, they aged slower. So they're like over 90 years old, but they kind of still look like mid, like early 50s. Like you kind of see the wrinkles and the gray hair. And so they age slow. But like the brother... Um, Utopia's brother, like I, I'm having a brain fart. I didn't even got, I didn't even write his name down because his makeup looked terrible in some cases when they tried to make him look older. It just didn't work out as well as it should have, and it was just kind of disappointing. Like to see, like they trying to like make them look older, but it doesn't look good because I kind of get when it comes to makeup, it's hard to make certain people look older than what they are and sometimes the makeup look sometimes the makeup will make them look like more crinkly and that was like one of the issues that I had with the series especially the brother like the brother just you know he just oh my goodness like the makeup and like that was one of my gripes with that one he just like they try to age him up. He's not He's not a young guy. He's like 57 years old. And he looks good for 57. So they try to make the wrinkly skin look wrinkled. And he just looked at, oh my goodness, he just looked at terrible with the makeup. And then like Utopia's wife, she was a hero, but she just had this thing where it's hard. It was hard to take her seriously. Like she was trying to be a heroic woman, and it's like in certain aspects, it was just like when she was trying, when she was fighting this one guy with these purple like beams, and she was just getting like having the hardest time. I'm saying like, how long y'all been being superheroes? Y'all just seem like y'all just became superheroes. I've been superheroes for like fifty something years. So why y'all look so? out of it like she oh my goodness and it wasn't her fault and I guess that's just how the character was written and like how I don't know if they made they tried to do the thing like movies do have the actors really play these roles like not really play these roles like really get into the physicality of the role and learn how to fight and do certain choreography a certain way and that's why like that's one of the issues that I had with it because sometimes when it comes to these superhero shows, they do these cutaways where you see the stunt double with a little digital face of the actual person doing the fight scenes because the actual actor can't do it as fluid as the stunt double. And that's the issue with that. Like, that's one of the issues that I have with some of these. Not all of them. Like, sometimes they'll have the actor do as much of the stunts as they can without, you know having any big 
like differences between the cut scene, like when they cut from the actual actor to the stunt double. And that's like, you can see it from time to time when it comes to certain properties and certain movies. And the show also plays into the whole race thing where, you know, how certain aspects of, you know, racial discrimination became like, there's there's beliefs that, you know, black folks get paid less than white folks when it comes to certain departments and certain positions of, you know, corporate America. And one of the things I kind of like about this show and, like, I just like, period, like that gangster vibe where it's always somebody in the family doing some crooked business and doing things they had no business doing and just getting into, like, some crooked deals to try to get ahead and it all falls apart. I always like that type of story. A father is trying to do the best for his kids or his sons or his daughters, and he, he, he tries to basically scheme to get ahead and it falls apart and he, like, crumbles the whole company down. And a lot of people lose their jobs and frustration. I always like that type of gangster type thing. It's not like he's not a gangster in the show. He's just a father that's just trying to run a company and keep it keep it running and keep it um all the employees. But then he gets into some financial troubles, taking shortcuts, doing things he had no business doing, and think he can get ahead by taking this one step, and then he taking two steps backwards because. Some people think they're smarter than the whole entire system, but sometimes you just have to really pay attention when it comes to financial and just makes the make the best decisions when it comes to your company. You can't just sit there and think, oh, all right, I'm going to take this gamble, and then it'll work itself out. You got to, if you're taking a gamble, you got to see if that's going to work out within the next 10 to 15 minutes after you make that decision because it could be the downfall of your company. And you see the two brothers really fighting for, the company and the one brother like he don't want to believe what's really going on and the other brother like no father was a dodo he did some stupid things that fell apart and made this company go downhill but we just hid it from you because we didn't want you to find out in this in this fashion and like I said the stuff that was set in 1930s and the 1940s like, I I enjoyed that part more than anything than the actual, you know, present day stuff with them being heroes and having the uh, powers. Because that's when the makeup and <laughs> the makeup and the wigs look so terrible. Like, and that was one of the uh, gripes with the show. Like, the 19, like I said, setting the past stuff. I love that stuff. Because I just like those times. Everybody wore suits. It was, it was cool back then to me. Like, like see, like I said, I, I like gangster flicks. So... You know, back in the day, a gangster just used to wear a suit. They would look fly. They were never, like, you know, rough-looking, scruffy-looking. They were, like, like gentlemen. Gang- like, gangster and, and a gentleman. <laughs> that was, like, a thing with them. Like, wearing a suit and tie, business-looking. That was really the gangsters. So that's why I kind of like that time period. So to see that play out and how... Like I said, you got the one son, like, walking around thinking, oh, yeah, we everything's good. My father's doing the best thing he can. When the brother who's actually involved with the company and doing everything day by day, he's seeing, like, no, this is going downhill. 
and we trying to um, guard you from it. But you know, you don't want to believe your father would do something like that, or your mother would do anything like that to put you in harm's way. But they they feel like they did it for the best reason. They just didn't go the way as planned. And that happens a lot when it comes to families who run companies, uh, pass on, you know, companies, traditions, things like that. And and the funniest thing about that is that a lot of kids today don't really want to inherit a family business anymore. They kind of just want to do their own thing. There's nothing wrong with that because I've seen that with my mechanic. I went to my mechanic for years. He passed away. And his son, you know, could have took over the company, didn't, sold it off, and just now he's doing his own thing. Nobody really, not a lot of kids nowadays don't want to inherit the family business. They want to kind of find their own path. And that's what this show kind of, I mean, really plays on. Like, as Utopia and his wife have kids and they grow up, and like I said, you have the daughter, that's the rebellion one. Which is kind of a different twist because usually it's always the son I wouldn't say usually it's literally split down the middle because sometimes it's the son that rebels that don't want to follow his father's footsteps and the daughter wants to do everything to make her father proud. And But this one, it was the roles reversed. The fa- um, the son wants to be, you know, following the family footsteps and the daughter wants to be the rebellion one. She wants to be a model, do her own thing. But she has powers. And, you know, like every story like that, Eventually, she falls into it because she's put into a predicament where she has to fight for her, you know, survival, and she has to do the things that, you know what I mean, get by. So, you see that family drama aspect when it comes to stuff like that. And this is in every family. I don't care if you're a superhero or a regular person. This is in every family. Everybody has, whoever has kids know exactly what I'm talking about. Now all your kids come out perfect. There's always one that's kind of like, you know, I want... I wouldn't say the odd one, but most times, you know, there's always one that's going to give you a harder time than the rest of them. You know, it's just, <laughs> that's just how it is. Like, I know a friend of mine, she has four, and her youngest has a situation that he has to deal with all the time, and she, and that's a big part of her. And, like, look, we all deal with situations, and, like, we have to adjust and do the best thing for our kids and just, you know, protect them the best way we can. We can't protect them 24-7, but we could do, you know, for about 20 hours out of the day, you know. Maybe four when they're out doing school or whatever they're doing. They have to, you know, survive on their own. And you kind of want to teach that. And that's what one of the aspects of the show is. He want to teach his kids to be able to survive on their own because they are kids of the utopia. And he can't protect you at all times. So he wants them to be able to stand for themselves. And that's what one of the aspects of being a parent is. You kind of want your kids to be to not be as dependent on you when it comes to, you know, as they get older. You want to kind of have them help find their own way and do their own thing because you don't want to hold them back from being independent. Because you can fall into that trap very easily being a parent. Like, And that's what this show kind of shows you as well. Like... He's so trying to show the son, like, how to do things, do things right, and the best way to do it, yeah, don't spend so much time doing this, this, and this. But all he's doing is really hindering his son from learning his own way because sometimes you don't learn these things. Sometimes you have to learn them on your own. No matter how much somebody tells you, it don't matter how much they tell you. 
sometimes it just goes in one ear out the other because you don't want to believe it until you experience it for yourself. And that's what this show also, like I said, it talks about a lot. Like I see, like when I'm watching the show, I rem- it reminds me of me and my kids and all the situations I did growing up and kind of like learning your own way and finding your own path. Like that's one thing I can respect about my parents. When it came to letting me do me, they let me figure it out. They suggested some things, but they didn't try to enforce things as much. Now, they did do some things that I didn't agree, but they kind of let me figure things out on my own because they feel like they raised a good kid. I didn't do, I wasn't getting into any trouble or things like that. And they just kind of wanted me to find what I wanted to do, not what they wanted me to do. And that's the issue with, it's not even an issue with the show. It's just one of the things, the aspects of the show that you see where he's being so protective as a father, as all parents are. But you have to realize if that's not what he wants to do, you can't force it upon him because it's the family way. Sometimes you don't want to do the family way. You kind of want to do your own way. And that's what you see throughout the show. Parents having problems trying to make, I mean, raise their kids the best way they can, dealing with family members and things that just go along with just, you know, raising kids and being a family, disagreements, all that stuff. So you think you're doing the right thing, but sometimes you got to hear what you're doing from somebody else. Sometimes you don't believe you're doing something wrong until somebody else points it out. And that's what this show really plays upon. And like I said, I've never read the comic so I never I don't know if it deviated from the source material that much I don't know the whole like series of it I don't know how many books there was or comics there were I don't know none of that so I like going into this show not knowing what I was getting myself into because sometimes when you if they base a show off a comic book series or comic book runs as far as stories and they deviate from certain parts you may not like it and you kind of hold that against the show and really not like the show because of what they changed and deviated from that. Sometimes I fall into that when it comes to like Marvel. Like when they change certain things, some now I just realize whatever I'm watching, a movie, TV show based on a comic book, or a book or anything like that, I try to watch it for what it is. Now, if they change some things, I just have to accept the changes and see, like, okay, I see why they did this, you know? And, like, not knowing what this source material was made it easier for me to enjoy the show because I didn't have anything, any source material to go by to say, well, I don't like the show because it did this and did that. Where I could just go into the show and just go in hands-free, mind-free, and just enjoy it for what it was. Now, I've always felt like eight episodes is the sweet spots when it comes to these type of shows. Uh, sometimes you get like 10 to 13, you got these situations where you got, they call them filler episodes. And sometimes those episodes can be hit or miss. Like you'll have an episode where it's just filling you in the storyline, but it's really not moving the story fast, like not in a fast pace, not just moving at a very slow pace where it's trying to fill in certain sp- uh, aspects of the show. But then like, it's doing it so slow where it's like you really wasting all this time for a 45 to like 50 minute episode doing a whole filler show trying to give me all this and it's just so much time wasted because you're just 
It just, it just feels like a filler garbage show. That episode was just filler. And you just like, oh, man, this is nothing but a filler episode to lead you into what's going to happen in the next couple episodes. And that's where it gets tricky with shows like this. Because, you know, these episodes 45, 50 minutes along, sometimes almost close to an hour. And that's a lot of time to just have a filler episode, you know, like. And like I'm looking at all these shows, like the Marvel shows, the Netflix shows, all these shows. And it's like if you want to have a filler episode, you don't want it to be almost an hour long trying to give you storylines and guidelines of what's going to happen next, what direction it's going to go. You know what I mean? Like you don't want it to be that long because then you just feel like that was a, a, a corny episode. Like if it's like a 30 minute joint, you can. You can bleed into that one where you'd be like, all right, that's not too bad. It was a filler episode, but it was only 30 minutes. I can work with that. And with these shows, you got to move the story, movie, move the story forward in a way where it's in a nice, consistent pace where it's not like, oh, my goodness, where you kind of like you lose interest. You're not sure if you want to see the next episode. And I, it was episode six for me. It was a filler episode. And I'm sitting here like, all right, I get it. And you want to kind of like move the story forward. But it was like, oh, my goodness, like 50 minutes of a filler is a drag. And at one point in the episode of the show, you see their father commit suicide. And that's the very, like, disturbing to see anybody like to do that to themselves like to stand there and watch them jump off a cliff jump off a building and like commit suicide like and that's hard that really can break somebody down mentally and like the show like touches a lot of this stuff and I don't think it's ever easy to get past anything like that and that's why you can see why Josh Demel's character Utopia does he tries so hard to be there for his kids because he seen over the years like what can like break somebody down mentally and push them to the edge, and it drives him a little off the wall. And what you know, seeing his father do that, and you wonder like why would he push himself? It's the guilt. The guilt of destroying so many families and so many people by doing what you thought was the best thing for the company. All it do, all it did, was just drive the company down and basically bankrupt it and just turn it into you know nothing. And you know, destroying all those families and all those support that the people needed from the money they was making is guilt. And you feel like you messed up everybody's life, so you feel like it's nothing worth living anymore. And it drove his father to kill himself. And it was hard. And it would be hard for anybody. And so when they be all came heroes, where some of the people that they were fought along with died along the way, they didn't know, you know, you go through that time period where you feel like, should I still be doing this? Should I give this up? Because people are getting hurt and I don't want to be the cause of more people getting hurt. 
But then, like I said, and then one of the parts, one point in the show, one of the their members of the team had a son, and like <laughs> he holds a grudge against these people, and he want to take it out on these people, and he started to realize he has powers and who it was. It's just like it's just that drama of. Yeah, people got power, people got hurt, people that, you know, had lives afterwards. You know, some people got kids out there that nobody knows about that's holding grudges against their father and want to take it out on their old team. <laughs> so that's what I, I like, that, those type of dramas. I've always been a fan of, you know, family dramas. Of Because growing up in life, because I've had my own fair share of dramas, and, like, one of the things I appreciated as I got older, when my parents stepped to me and told me their shortcomings and the mistakes that they made, and they kind of, the best way they did was try to apologize for, for they, you know, mistakes. Nobody's perfect. There is no manual with, with doing these things, and you see this out the show, too. You Look, you make mistakes. You feel like you're making the best decision when it comes to whatever you do. And sometimes, just because you feel like it's the best decision, it doesn't play out that way. So it just... It's always that mental demon that you go through when it comes to trying to figure out if I make the decision, what's the repercussions for it? You know, because what's the saying? No matter what decision you make, there's always repercussions for your decisions. Like, even if it's a small one. To you, it may be small. For somebody else, it may be 10 times bigger than what it is. Because you got to put yourself in that person's shoes. So with the brother's aspect of the show where he's trying to he understands his his brother and he's trying to tell him like look man you can't keep doing this this way we're getting too old for this you got to pass the torch along but you know the brother utopia is going through that thing where i gotta help the people i gotta do what's best for the people i can't just sit there and stand by and not do nothing and you understand that but it's like dude have a seat you're not a young spring chicken anymore. You got to sit back and relax and just kind of let our kids take over now. And like, they call that the Peter Pan syndrome, where you don't want to deal with what life really has. You kind of like doing what you do because it like, it helps you forget about everyday life. I think Tom Brady even said that one time. He said he likes playing football because he doesn't have to deal with everyday life. And he's, what, 44 now? And I respect him for playing football as long as he has. But, dude, you can't play forever. So you're going to have to deal with life eventually. And I understand you just have to find another outlet. And that's what the, in the show when the brother's trying to tell him, like, look, do something else. Find a hobby. Do things that you want to do. And let your kids... Or let the kids become the next group of heroes. Now, one of the things I kind of wanted to touch on, like I said, some of the special effects were a little hit and miss. Like, and some, like the one big fight they had with, like I said, the guy that looks like Brainiac, like, but he's, he doesn't, he's not green. Like on the, uh, some people call him something else. I call him the Brainiac, Brainiac lookalike. And like I said, certain aspects in that big fight that they had, it was like, 
It seemed very cheesy in some angles. And I was like, is this the look, like I said, like I said earlier on in the podcast, is this the look they were going for? Or this was just a special effects company that they use that kind of did this. Like certain fight scenes where it's like, it just looked like they wasn't really trying (laughs) to kind of like do this. And like, Cause in some angles he looks like a uh, like the Brainiac guy. I call him. He kind of looked like a knockoff of Dark Side. Like when you look at um, the Zack Snyder Justice League, uh, he got the little helmet and stuff like that. That kind of gives him the Dark Side look. But he's just he looks like Brainiac from the uh, animated movie. He's just not green. <laughs> And, like, when they had that big fight with him, like, you see everybody use their powers. And, like, we have another, you know, Superman wannabe. His eye beams are blue. <laughs> I guess not red when you can't go red. And And, like, it's... Sometimes it's like, I don't know if the way people move and just, and uh, and also I forgot to mention that the brother had like telepathy powers, you know, and he can kind of like destroy people's brains. Like he's like the Professor X that can fly. And then you had like uh like a green lantern type of ripoff. Somewhat. She can she like emanated green lights, but she kinda can teleport and do other things. One thing I can say, this is like one of the kind of gruesome superhero shows I've seen. Like you see people getting their head decapitated, like, blown in half. And, like, the thing, like I said about superhero shows, what's the typical superpower? Flight, super strength, invulnerability. Some have energy blasts. Some people can, uh, like, eye beams, cold breaths, or what else is there? Maybe uh, some lightning power, super, like, very increased strength and like as like I said as they fighting this guy you just think they was just regular costume wearing people that was just regular people with no powers like they was getting trashed and like he wouldn't have a scar on him but then like I said you had the Professor X kind of person he can manipulate the mind with his uh, telepathy and like I said one of the things I said like they try to age him up and the wrinkles just look like it just looked it like he had like like he doesn't like he doesn't look very convincing when he looks with the the old skin 
and just I'm a little disappointed that the show got canceled after one season because the cliffhanger ending. Like you start to see that the brother was crooked as he can be, and it's just it leaves you wanting more. And it's like, why in the world did they cancel it? But I don't know. Is it because if I'm not mistaken? Like a lot of people said, it didn't do as well as they thought as far as the the streaming numbers. So like, and you don't really know because you no know, Netflix doesn't really put their numbers out there. But the Neil Gason data numbers, I guess they're accurate for the most part. But I believe they're like kind of like weeks behind. So. I just was a little shocked that the show cost two hundred million dollars, and like some of the ad, like some of the special effects were kind of cheesy. And like I said, I don't know if that was a special effects company that was kind of like doing it to make it have its own type of feel and look to it. But some of these shows are very expensive. I do believe the Marvel shows are up there at for six episodes. It cost them one hundred and fifty million per episode. So they do like twenty five million an episode. But the special effects are on par with the movies. You know, so, like, I guess they were trying to build their own little cinematic. Yeah, cinematic. Well, what would it be? A streaming show, cinematic type of universe on Netflix with Mike Millar's company? Because, like I said, they made Jupiter Legacy, and then they're going to go into this new show. I forgot the name of it. But it's supposed to be set in the same universe, and it won't be it won't be a continuation of this. It will be something totally different. And I don't know. Like it also has, you know, the show also had that Batman feel where they're not supposed to kill. They don't kill. They're supposed to, you know, everybody goes through they do justice through the uh, justice system. But I also like, from my point of view, I always feel like. If you don't put a criminal away for four to five times and he keeps getting out, sometimes you kind of have to get rid of this guy. You see he's not going to change. You see he's just going to be a problem from day one, and he's just going to continue to be one. So why not? Like, And that's why when you get to that one situation in the show where the son just had enough of him and just takes this guy out, the father is like, why did you do that? We don't kill. We don't do this. We don't do that. The son basically like, look, man, yeah, the old ways ain't working because they keep coming back and they keep acting up. So, you had that situation and just... Right. So, basically what this show is, I enjoyed it. I mean, and plus, Netflix has spoiled me to the point that I hate the weekly episode thing. I like when it's all dropped at once, but I get it. It keeps the buzz. It keeps you keeping your subscription going. It keeps, you know, the talk of the week. I get all that. But Netflix has spoiled me to the point where you could just get the whole show right there and binge watch. Binge watching is the best thing ever invented. I love it. I'm just spoiled by it. That's why I stay with Netflix because they always drop everything. All at once, and it's the best thing ever. So, when it comes to like the Disney shows and the uh, HBO shows and this weekly episode stuff, I hate it. And if you have Netflix and you haven't watched it, I definitely recommend checking it out. 
like if you don't, especially if you don't know the source material. When it comes to not knowing the source material, you can kind of go in and, and have your own personal perspective on the show without having to get mad at it, the fact that it deviated from the source material. And that's one of the issues like I've had during the time. Like I said, oh, that didn't happen. The kind of they changed this, and I don't like the way they changed it. When I got older, I had to realize like sometimes you have to change it to make it work for the film. Sometimes it changed. I understand. Sometimes it changed. I was like, why did you do that? But it is. But overall, I don't really give a rating. I just say, I like the show. I enjoy it. Check it out. And that's my review of Jupiter Legacy. I know it was kind of late, but I was kind of like waiting to see because once they canceled the show, I was kind of like, do I really want to talk about the show? But I guess I can now since it's not going to be a season two and I don't have to worry about, you know, staying tuned to see what happens. Now, they may revive the show and do something else, lower the budget, do things differently. We may have to wait and see. But right now, I definitely recommend the show. And, and go check it out. Like I said, if you got Netflix and you never read the source material, you're going to, you'll find some enjoyment out of it. You may have some episodes that you may not like, but that's every show. But having said that, that is this episode of the Finest Tech Podcast. Hope you enjoyed my little review of Jupiter Legacy. I had a great time talking about it. Stay tuned for more shows that I'm going to be talking about, more tech to be talking about, all this stuff. I hope you enjoy. Thanks, you guys, for listening. See you guys in the next episode. Peace.